And welcome back to another episode of Eye-Opening Careers Podcast. We're your hosts, Gemma and Naz, and this is the show where we bring you guests to provide you with a wealth of insight, advice, tips and tricks to kickstart your career in the right direction. For episode two, we hear from students Abby and Unce talking to us about their journey to studying pharmacy. Coming from two very different perspectives, Abby and Unce talk to us about their influences, challenges and also give some top tips for students considering a career in pharmacy. Okay, so welcome guys to the Eye-Opening Careers podcast. Super grateful today to have Abby and Uns with us. So two pharmacy students that are hopefully going to share some insights into the course, what made you consider the course and any sort of other tips, advice, guidance that you might have for students that are facing similar making their choices or already currently studying a similar subject and and working out how to best navigate it. So thank you once again for being with us. We're super, super grateful. And yeah, we'll kick off. I will probably start with UNS if that's okay. So obviously you're studying pharmacy. Can you tell us a little bit more about what made you choose that subject or where the motivation was? Yeah, so for me, I've always wanted to do something healthcare related, but I feel like medicine was a bit much. Like I did want time to be able to do other things on the side. And then I thought about optometry at first, but then I just decided to go into pharmacy because I feel like there's a lot of room for development in pharmacy. So if you don't like community pharmacy, you can go into a DP practice. If you don't like that, you can go into hospital. If you don't like hospital, you can go into industry. So there's loads of different like paths that you can go down. And I like the idea of that because, to be honest, I get very bored of doing the same thing. Yep, I can emphasise with that. And I think the variety for students is always an, an attractive sort of way to look at it, isn't it? Where you've got yeah. your practical, your coursework, but obviously the opportunity to get hands-on with stuff as well. So did you, you see, mentioned that you were interested in optometry. So take it back a little bit further. When you were in school, what sort of, is it, I'm presuming you always enjoyed science. Was it something that you considered sort of quite early on or...? that you made that decision further down the line? Yeah, so I always did want to do something science related. I think science for me was probably my strong point. I didn't really like chemistry. So that was one thing that was putting me off doing healthcare actually, because I just didn't like, I didn't really get chemistry. But I said to myself, no, like I want a challenge. I don't want to just do something that I'm comfortable with. I want to push myself, put myself out there. And then I did eventually get my head around the chemistry. (laughs) And yeah, I made it. Fantastic. (laughs) And Abby, how about you? So if I was going to ask you the same question, you know, so how did you come to choose the subject? So what was your pathway into studying it? So mine was really quite different because I'm a mature student at 34. I've been working in pharmacy for over like 10 years. My A-levels were in social sciences because I wanted to be a psychologist. Okay. But then I fell into pharmacy at the same time. I started as the delivery driver for an independent pharmacy and I worked my way up. I did the dispensing course and the technician course, became an ACT, which is the top of my field. And then it was like, what next? And the next step had to be a pharmacist and you had to have the M-Pharm degree. So that's how I decided to do pharmacy. So you wanted to carry on going and you knew that. Yeah. How great that there was that pathway for you. Was that something, when you first joined the pharmacy, did you think that you'd ever sort of (laughs) end up being there at all? Like, 
So I was, was just driving. Yeah, he was just just <laughs> enjoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, with your pharmacy. <laughs> I literally was just driving because I worked at a florist at the same time. Right. Yeah. And because I'd been to uni already, came out of that, didn't know then what to do. Yeah. So I just took a job on, and well, fortunately for me, actually, just it led to becoming a pharmacist. Fantastic. Isn't it weird how things just like the two sides are really interesting? Actually, and this is something that I talk about a lot. As in, obviously, for yourself, uns you always in touch with science you knew that that was probably going to be your, your career pathway be it chemistry be it you know well certainly not chemistry actually <laughs> that was that was your weak point I know you said but yeah an element or an aspect of healthcare. whereas for yourself Abby just not even something that you would you had in your mindset at that time science was nothing yeah no we're gonna do science and how reassuring that I mean essentially you're both still doing and and, and having the opportunity yeah. to go on yeah. and study and I think it's a really important message for students, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you sort of say, look, really think carefully about what you want to do because if you don't get, say, if you're not studying the right GCSEs, for example, then you're going to struggle mm. to be able to do the A-levels. Mm. And if you don't get the A-levels that you need, then you're going to be able to struggle to get onto the courses without taking a little bit of a break and obviously you're studying in some another subject. However, if that has been the case and you have chosen something that turns out isn't necessarily going to be your career path there are options that are still available and there might be a slightly longer route or slightly diverted yeah. but essentially we'll end up in the same yeah. the same spot so Abby was it did somebody obviously in the practice that you were in was it well known that this was a course look we think this could be a really good thing for you you want you wanting to continue to progress or were you quite self-driven in that way did you choose to sort of find that pathway I think I was more self-driven because I worked in independent it was like right you dispenser that's it okay you don't progress you just carry on doing that for the rest of your life right and then I moved to a, a chain of pharmacies where they pushed you yeah so like right you've been here for a year do you want to do the technician course yeah great okay so you, that takes another two years and then it was like okay I've done that now what else can I do yeah Ready for the ready for the next. Yeah, ready for and the... I think with a chain of pharmacies, it is easier to progress more. Right. But once obviously you've done your ACT without leaving the community pharmacy, there's not much more you can do. Okay. So what's the ACT? Sorry. So that's an accuracy checking technician. So okay. It, it means I can check prescriptions like a pharmacist can. Wow. Right. But I don't have the same clinical knowledge as them. Okay. Hence needing an farm. Yes. Yeah. But it's a good step up, and although you're still a technician, it's just that added little extra bit of things that you can do and. Mm. it's great was there somebody that encouraged you to actually take that leap to do pharmacy or was it something where you know because you'd worked in that environment for so long you kind of fell into it and thought actually I wouldn't mind going the whole mile I would say it was my dad my dad pushed me he's like you're so good at your job but I think you'd be a better pharmacist you'd be a great pharmacist Mm -hmm. and he's the one who pushed me he said and I was like I can't do it dad I've already got a degree I'm not going to get any funding don't you worry about that. And so he funds my degree. Yeah. But he's like, I think you should go and do it. We'll work it out. We'll work mm-hmm. it out. But, you know, you've not done anything with your psychology degree. Mm-hmm. You clearly don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You're good at pharmacy. And it's tough to be in 34 years old to realise you found something that you're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people have that at GCSE level. You, Yo, you're really good at this. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yes. I never yeah. had that. Yeah. I just carried on. And then I was always lacking my sister's shadow because she was so good at everything. Yeah. I was just... just Plodding on, yeah. but now I found some of that I'm actually good at. That's fantastic. Well, it gives me goosebumps. So, awesome. did you? So, this is a question to both of you then, because you guys are like, you know, come from two different pathways, like, mm-hmm. like we've established. So, you did psychology, but your A, 
what did you do? Ace level socials or? Mayor levels were social science. Social sciences. Sociology. Right. Business. Okay. So then, and then obviously you did A-levels in kind of like the holy trinity of courses. Yeah, yeah I subjects. went straight from chemistry, biology, and I actually did PE as well. Yeah. yeah. So did you guys have to kind of take any additional subjects on or an access course or something like that to kind of yeah. get onto it? I didn't, but I think it's only because I knew what I wanted to get myself into and I made sure that I did the subjects that were going to get me into pharmacy. Right, okay. So I actually researched it beforehand before I went into A-levels. And originally, actually, I was doing physics, but it was a bit much to do physics, chemistry and biology. Now, I really wanted to drop chemistry, but like looking at most unis, they wanted chemistry to be able to do anything pharmacy or medicine related. So... At that point, actually, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do pharmacy. I just knew I wanted to do something medical. Yeah. So just to keep my options open, I kept chemistry in there, but I dropped physics, mm-hmm. even though that was my favourite. <laughs> so, and so when you, so you said you were very driven, you knew exactly what courses you needed to, sorry, what um, subjects you needed to be studying in order yeah. to get onto the pharmacy course. What was your inspiration at that point? How did you, did you just sort of, Self-driven, I'm going to look into this. Did anyone come into school? Did you have any family members that were saying this is the pathway for pharmacy and this would be to really spark an interest in you to get you into it? Or did you just sort of had it in well, your head? Surprisingly, my dad is a pharmacist, but he's never pushed me to do pharmacy. Uh, like he's never said to me, go and do pharmacy. Yeah. And like, I always thought I was going to do optom, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I just... I saw how my dad was working and his work ethic and I kind of liked that lifestyle mm-hmm. and I liked how he was flexible so he doesn't he works in hospital but sometimes he can see patients from home like for me that was a bit like okay like maybe I don't have to do it full-time mm-hmm. but I'll be honest with you I don't think I'd ever do pharmacy full-time like just looking <laughs> at the degree it is it is a lot it's not an easy job and if I want to manage other things like outside of pharmacy like do my own business little things like that I can't really do that so do you think that's something, because you mentioned that your dad's got quite a lot of flexibility, do you think that's yeah. something that's obviously becoming more and more of an option for young people now, where they've obviously got that grounding with what your classes are, what I'd say is a very traditional sort of career pathway, yeah. but being able to sort of flex, you mentioned that your dad's already got that flexibility as well, is that yeah. what the key thing that obviously attracted you to the... I think yes, but no, because at the same time, like to get to a level where you are flexible, you've got to work so much before... Yeah. So even me now, like, I'm doing a lot of extra things with my lecturers. I'm not just going into lectures and leaving. Like, I go see my lecturers after and I'm like, do you have any research that I can do or a paper that I can write or something extra that I can add on to my CV later on? Because that's how I'm going to get to that higher level in pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So my end goal is to become a consultant pharmacist. But for me to do that, I need to build my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so... Like the way that I'm thinking is I want to be ahead of everyone else my age. And for me to do that, I need to start now because this is where people are going to slack. So people are going to come to uni, go to their lectures. Most of them don't even focus and then they just leave. But I need to be able to do additional things. And I feel like to get that flexibility later on, you need to do more than the lecturers are setting you. Okay. Yeah. So sort of set your own your own standard that you're, you're keen yeah. to reach, which is obviously super impressive. And if you're thinking that consultancy route, then for sure... That's all going to help build your profile, isn't it, yeah, exactly. going forward? It's a lot of work. But... A lot of work, yeah. Fantastic. What about yours, Abby? Like, as in, because I know you've had a massive gap, haven't you, yeah. from education, so... Just a bit of a gap, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, I didn't have the right eight levels, but I chose Huddersfield so that I could do the Science Extended degree, which is the foundation year or an access course. 
and that taught you physics, maths, chemistry, biology, and science skills and statistics. So it was so intense. And then from that, you can get onto any science course that the university offers. But to get onto pharmacy or optom, it's very competitive and you have to get 70% in everything to get there, which is hard. And everyone's like, oh, you should have Mickey Mouse course. It really wasn't. It was so intense. Mm. And because I had that massive gap from education, yes, I did my psychology degree, but that was a distance learning one. It was at home, Mm part-time, so it weren't like a normal degree. And then so like that. A levels were in 2007. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, big, yeah, big, big gap. Yeah. So, how would you, you know, that access course that you say was super intense and you obviously needed to get that grade in order mm. to access the course you're on now? Do you think it prepared you well for actually then starting the level that you were going to be studying yeah, at? Definitely did. And it got you back into the university setting and how the university works. Like, you know, they don't handhold you. No. You've got to do so much of it yourself. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate because I didn't get the 70% in the subjects. Okay. Chemistry. Did not get 70% in that. <laughs> yeah. That was... Never my favourite subject. It, I will, I it's like, awful. Yeah. It's awful, but you've got to learn it. Yeah. And they still took me on, I think, because of my background, because I've been working in pharmacy so long. Okay. So they said, we'll give you that chance. And I, so I was very lucky to get on. So interesting, isn't it? Because I think one of the biggest things that we talk about and as working as a graduate recruitment manager further down the line, obviously meeting students as they come out of the course. For me, that work experience element, you, you can see the students that have actually worked, you know, in in those workplaces and understand. I think it just gives you such a, not only a head start in terms of hitting the ground running and from a resilience perspective as well, in terms of understanding what the dynamics actually is when you join these these workplaces, but... Being able to set, decide whether it's for you. So yeah. I, just from what you've told me, it doesn't sound like pharmacy would have stood out to you had you not had the had you not worked in that environment through just yeah. getting a job as a driver and it's just happened to be that that industry that you've yeah, sort of fallen into. Never thought about it. The pharmacy was just somewhere I went to get grandma's meds. Yeah. Mm, you know, I never yeah. it never crossed that. And I think back in my day, old, we, <laughs> we didn't have I'm a lot older than you, so don't <laughs> worry, don't worry from the age dynamic, you think you're good. We didn't have any <laughs> careers at all like people coming in talking to us about different things it just didn't exist so when you did your A-levels it was just because you thought oh fancy doing that I was just going to say as well like from an employer perspective if you've got obviously employers listening in obviously once you've got the the parental inspiration probably community you know if your dad if if your dad's got friends who work in similar environments as well so sort of be having an awareness of what that career Mm. pathway would look Mm. like but for yourself, Abby, that sounds like that wouldn't have been anything that you would, have, you would have come across. However, having somebody come into school at a key point, maybe when you're making first making your GCSE options, yeah. but also further down the line, like in year 10, year 11, when you're choosing A-levels, to say, this is pharmacy, this is what we do. It's, you know, it's medicine, but actually it's got the flexibility yeah. element and all that sort of stuff. I just think we were talking about this before, weren't we? Like just one conversation to spark something in somebody's mind and go, do you know what? That combined with that is exactly what I'm looking for. And actually, mm. I, I could do that. If I yeah. tailor what I'm choosing to study now, I could go on to do that. And I think massive advocate for employers getting involved at that school level. Because naturally, careers advice and things at school, we know it's been stripped away and schools yeah. obviously mm. are doing the best to, to give that advice without a lot of extra funding, for example. But I know the other side of it is when employers look at it and they think, oh gosh, that's a long time to go. You know, you're starting maybe working with someone in year nine or year 11 to then wait for them to come through university and actually then land with us as a, mm. as a newly qualified. That's a really big investment. 
But actually, from my perspective, and again, it sounds like what sort of where you are. That's going to give you. They're going to want to work with the, you, you, them. They're going to want to stay loyal, and that's a career pathway that's been opened up that you wouldn't have had access to before. So therefore, yeah. thank you. And yes, that's what. I, and especially when it's vocational, I think as well. You know, when it's so like, look, you do this course, you complete this course, this is the pathway for you. You know what you said with you? Did you study psychology? Did you yeah. say? I think psychology can sometimes be one of the degrees. If, if you're not going directly into that, sort of where does it fit? Yeah. Whereas with pharmacy, optometry, you know, these are vocational careers where it's quite crystal clear that there's a pathway yeah. there. And, you know, obviously you can mix yeah. it up, like you said, in terms of being a consultant and specialising in certain things. But I think that's the, the beauty of being able to talk about these career pathways and, and promote them a little bit more. I think it's but, yeah. more like paving your own path. Like mm. there's not one set path to get there. Everyone's like, yeah, you do your A-levels, you go straight to uni, you get your degree, that's it. But along the way, you will find so many obstacles. Mm-hmm. And even you, like you might not want to stay in uni anymore. And, but like there's other ways to get where you want to be. And I think like even like Abby is a really good example of this. Like you've mm-hmm. come onto it later down yeah. the line. It's not always, yeah, as soon as you're done with your A-levels, you go into the degree that you want. Yeah. And they change it up. It's quite interesting, though, because I've just come out of labs just now. At the end of it, I've you know, a couple of students were asking me, saying that, oh, and that's, you know, how much do outcomes earn? You know, like, yeah. the pre-reg. Once you graduate, how much do they earn? Tell me, right? what am I looking at? Tell me, what am I looking at? <laughs> you, know, what's the fig- you know, what's the figure? So I was like, well, it depends where you are and, you know, regional and et cetera, et cetera. So they go, come on, Nash, you know, just tell us. And I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. Gave them a bit of a, a bracket. And they were like, whoa. And they were like, right, okay, you know, this, that, and there. And I said, but look, you know, and then they were asking us, like, oh, what do you get paid? And I'm like, I do this voluntarily. I don't get paid to do this. <laughs> I'm here for you guys. <laughs> okay, it's a passion that I do it for. Yes. So they were like, no. <laughs> and then uh, one of my colleagues that was uh, also in the lab, and she was like, look, I do it for the time. I go, like, as in the work-life balance, that's why I do it. Because mm. potentially she could get paid a lot more. Mm. So they were like, oh, you know, like, as in, what does that mean? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was explaining to them that at different points in your life, as you kind of grow and evolve as a person, mm. your goals will change. Yeah. I go, it's not the same goal, do you mm. understand? So like you said, you work hard, you play harder later on, which is basically, you know, you've got a very definitive kind of idea of where you want to go. So you're making sure for you to get to that point, you're doing it all now, you understand? And Abby, you know, whatever your point is, I'm sure you'll kind of work alongside with that as well. So it's almost like the penny dropped for them, you know, thinking, oh, actually, it's not all about money, 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 do you understand? It's like, yeah, and and this is it. And... Mm. You know, what I said to them is uh, we're talking about graduation as well. So obviously they're going to graduate, you know, hopefully this is their final year. They're going to graduate, etc. And they were like, oh, we can't believe it. There's only like almost 10 weeks left of, you know, teaching and that's it. And I'm like, but I'm really excited for you guys yeah. because mm-hmm. it's actually the start of your life at that point. Not now, do you understand? Yeah. It will be the start of your career slash your life because... You know, when you graduate, you're earning the X amount of money that you are. And then obviously going into different avenues, it's not just the fact that you're going to be doing the same job day in, day out. There's a variety. And it's like what you were saying, your father does consultancy. Okay. But within pharmacy, there's so many different aspects that you can do. Same with optometry. You know, you can go into like different routes. 
But I think when you're a student, you kind of, or you're applying for the course that you are, you just think that, you know, if it's for an eye test, I go, like you just said, you understand, you just used to go get your grand's medicine and that was it. You just thought that was the only thing that you could do. And it's brilliant. You understand that you guys can give that insight to Mm. the listeners that are probably thinking, all right, when I apply for pharmacy or when I apply for this, do you understand that? this is it but it's actually no you know this is a start this is just the beginning to get you going but after that is really when it starts for you guys it does because like even now our course is changing like you go into pharmacy you think right i'm just going to work in community but actually now we're going to be prescribers yes Mm -hmm. the course has changed now so when we finish we can prescribe wow yeah and that is just opens up a million so many more avenues doesn't it so like the first generic thing to do once you do pharmacy is go into community and that was what was putting me off pharmacy actually at the start because I hate community pharmacy. Like I know you work in it. Love it. I yeah. absolutely hate it. Like it's so like, like Marmite, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it really is. And that was why like I didn't want to do pharmacy initially because I thought like you could only go into community pharmacy. But actually no, like there's a lot more to it. Like next mm. week I'm going on hospital placement. Okay. And I feel like I want to do more hospital or GP. So for people listening, what, what's what's community pharmacy then? Would that be where you... So that's where you go to... in a pharmacy and just literally buy it. Do you know, like, okay. any pharmacy off the street that you can okay. go and pick up your medication? Based in a, like, based in yeah. a store well, environment. Boots, those, okay, chains. yeah, retail environment. Your yeah. typical pharmacy, isn't it? That yeah. you just take your prescription to and that's yeah. that. Yeah. And that's something you're used to, Abby, is it? With, yeah. With your I mean, people think community is... is just, you just take prescription in, but it's so much more mm-hmm. like I do flu jabs and COVID vaccinations wow. okay, yeah. you know and the blood pressure services and things like that. there is so much to it it's repetitive yeah yeah. but which jobs aren't really mm. so it, it's less restrictive it's like because now you can be going be a prescriber mm-hmm. so a lot of people are coming out of community and going into GP surgeries but Okay. They mainly always start out in community. Okay. But it's just like so it doesn't stop with community. No, it's not the end anymore. Yeah. No. I so feel like you have to do community though to get where you want to be. Like even yeah. me, like I worked in a community pharmacy for so long, even though obviously I know I don't want to do it, I'm only doing it to pick up the experience. And initially like that is your starting point. Because even in first knowledge, year, isn't it? Yeah, you get the... they sent us there on placements for all right. of our first year. It was only community pharmacy. Because that's where you pick up your knowledge. Mm -hmm. But then some people decide to stay there because they like it. But I think a lot of people now are starting to build up on it and like they want to branch into something, but specialise in something as well. Like you can specialise in like cardiology and like hospital. There's like loads of different departments. It definitely is. I think it's like it's person dependent, isn't it? Yeah. Because like in my field as well, it's very similar. So it's like you've got community, you've got pharmacy, or you could go into like assessing, you know, for professional exams, et cetera, or academia. And what I learned is, what I've learned is very much where it is person dependent. Like, for example, I absolutely love working with general public. No matter how much stuff you get thrown at, you know, you know when yeah. patients aren't yeah. happy or, you know, and you Not get, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get sworn at, you get, you know, <laughs> shouted at, it doesn't matter. Give it all to me. and. For me, it's because I thrive off that. I thrive off the fact that, you know what, I enjoy seeing patients. Mm-hmm. I enjoy kind of like having to learn to be adaptable yeah, to different feet, patients. Yeah, Because yeah. no two patients are ever the same. Do you understand? And that is a transferable skill. So like how you're saying, it's community. Yes, mm-hmm. because you're seeing the mass in that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that mass is going to give you the variety of skills that you pick up on. And then from there, once you, you know, you've gained that little bit, yeah, fair enough, mm-hmm. you understand. But then equally, it's like, 
some patients, you know, some practitioners might prefer going into, like you say, either hospital, it's a bit more niche. So cardiology, they want to kind of focus in particular areas. Mm. So I think it is definitely a person dependent thing, but there's not one thing that is fits all. You understand? I don't think it's like one one thing that fits Mm, all. It seems that way, which I think for students when, you know, you're choosing your subjects and looking at all these careers, it's like, oh, do I know... Is that definitely what I want to do all my life, though? You know, like, it's same for yeah. optometry, isn't it? When you've got students and they go, do I want to be in a testing room all my life? Well, actually, yeah, that's the groundwork. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other sort of avenues that you can then go into and, and specialise in. So really, really valuable stuff. I think there's another couple of questions that I'd like to get from you guys, if that's okay. First being, and I'll put this to you, Abby, again, looking at your different pathways, what do you think your biggest challenge has been? guess for you going back to uni for a second time in in your stage of life Mm. like what you know all the all the dynamics that come with that just going back to uni yeah and it has been a big gap since I've been in proper education yeah and definitely where science has been involved yeah and like I said chemistry was the biggest problem Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't get my head around it Mm. so I hired a personal tutor yes I was just going to say I took you what steps do you take then because you know you know you need to get through it yeah it's not coming naturally for what, you know, it's, there's been a, a bit of a gap. So yeah. you hired a personal tutor yeah, and did that get you? It, it got me through. Fantastic. Because yeah. you sit there in a lecture and they talk at you. Mm. And if you don't even understand it from the minute they start, mm. it don't go in at all. Mm. So that's why I had to hire somebody who could talk to me one-on-one yeah. and show me these things. Give you an opportunity yeah. to relate back probably as well. You know, have, has it gone in? Yeah. <laughs> Are you able to that's actually it. articulate what's your... Because I know that's a big challenge for me. Because I was definitely worried if I was going to pass them first year exams because I was off for quite a bit because I was poorly. Mm. So I had to play catch up and that really did set me back. And then I was like, I'm not going to pass these exams. Let's hire somebody. Mm -hmm. Turns out it was somebody who'd done the M farm here. Okay. So he knew what I was going through. Yeah. And I got through and I was actually quite surprised when the exam results came and I was like, oh, passed everything. Fantastic, yeah. It is is a challenge. And yeah. my age bothers me a lot. Is it? Like, there's a big gap between, like, me and uns. Like, mm. there's over, like, 10 years. I'm, like, old enough to be some of the mums, I'm sure. <laughs> so it's, like, getting used to being around young people again. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. That the social side of it. Yeah. There is. And yeah. Yeah. It's mainly, like, the lads who are so noisy and disruptive. You're, like, can you not just get on with it? You're here. You are obviously very dedicated at where the stage where you're at because you've already done done that route once before got a degree you know that this is your your chance now now. and you want to take every little thing in i don't want to waste it obviously Mm. everybody's at different things but that's so interesting that you took those steps and to to make sure that you got what you needed i think i remember a long time ago since i was at uni let me tell you but i remember taking i took a gap year and i went even in that gap year the whole you know actually being able to write an assignment and and obviously use the the right terminology and all the referencing the you know the harvard style of writing and it was mind blowing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I think my first assignment that I did was just—I <laughs> can't remember what I got, but it was a shock to my system. As in, how on earth am I going to get through this degree? It's my first term, you know. I'm going to fail. Everything else, like the actual content, I grasped very quickly. It was just working to a new system, and I'd—I'd I'd been a hadn't used my hand, handwriting skills for a long time or my typing skills. Anyway, found that there was somebody at university who was offering sort of extra support, like you know, just mm. the actual the actual writing skills workshops and things yeah. and after just a couple of sessions I got it and that was it that and that set me on the right path but I think 
had I not been able to access that or had you not understood, realised or even been able to afford, you know, a personal tutor yeah. or whatever, I feel like those can be sticking points where students sort of done all this prep, they've got the A-levels or whatever subjects they need, they're at uni and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not geared up for this. I can't do it. There's so much support available. Yeah. Though. Like that, you, you yeah. don't yeah. have to go and hire a private tutor. Yeah. There's the academic support team. They are good. They're brilliant. They, mm-hmm. Aren't they? So they are the people who taught me initially on the science extended degree right okay so even like the other day we had a reflection to write and i saw liz walk past who's an ast and i was like liz how do i write reflections she was like but you've done so many of them I'm yeah like, but even just the summer break was enough for it all to go out your exactly. head exactly yeah she's like drop me a message we'll have a meeting and they're there for whatever you need mm. yeah so you don't have to go and hire somebody no it was just that i needed somebody for nice. a very specific yeah. Yeah. yeah to work around. around me is that another thing as well like with um, um managing you know was coming on to talk about that but like your finances and things like obviously you've gone from working you're now yeah. studying were you working as well at the same time part-time or are you yeah right, i'm still okay. working part-time okay yeah um, but like zero hour so i mainly do four hours on a saturday and okay. then whatever i can fit in during the week yeah because obviously i've gone from having a full-time wage of course yeah to yeah. nothing and then obviously yeah. no student finance no maintenance law no right okay so i'm like no money yes <laughs> so i do like to try and keep some income so like if I do need to have him for tutoring again, yeah, he's you there and I couldn't afford to pay for it. But It's interesting as well, though, from an employer's perspective, because obviously yourself, that commitment that you've made is it's sheer determination. It's, sheer determination. Isn't it? it's putting, it's so, it isn't risky because you know you're going to do it and you've, yeah. committed, you've set your mind to it. But, you know, when you're weighing up your options, like, just carry on as I am because, you know, I could do this job forever. Yeah. But no, you've decided to take that step. You know, you keep mentioning your age, but you're so, so young. <laughs> For, you know, you think of like career, yeah. career timelines. You've got so much time. Still got it's so important. 30 years of working. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I wish I'd done it when I was younger. Yeah. And then when I got ill last year, they'd be like, take a year out. I was like, no, because that's another year. Mm. And then I'll be like, I'll be 39 when I finish. That's fine. I don't want to be 40 when I finish. Cause, but you still got 30 years of working. You have. To do. Yeah. You have. And I don't yeah. have to be restricted just to working in the community just because I like that one. People's yeah. careers start much later, much, much later than that. That's you it. Know? And it's... over my time, I've met pharmacists and they were like 50 when they've done it. Yeah. And I'm like, you are? Retrained. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's so lovely that I think now more than ever, we've got access to these sort of stories where you can say, look, this person's done it and they only started at whatever, you know, hopefully taking away the, the, the barriers to what you perceive, you know, could possibly do that because you know yeah. I've already studied once and but no actually whatever you set your mind to you can you can yeah. show in well, the hopefully there's listeners out there that are feeling inspired by your story yeah. as well because it's kudos it's not easy Absolutely. like the reality of I, it I'm studying as well and it's like at the end of the day for me I'm like the older you get things don't even <laughs> stick in your head it's like what's going on yeah that's it <laughs> there's so much in there already there's like, I don't want to read anymore <laughs> so when I say to them and I'm like you know it's harder for me to learn it than you they're like well, why I'm like because my brain's knackered <laughs> it's really tired yeah, yeah it's tired <laughs> you can go on to it whenever you want and that access course was great. Mm. I could have gone and redone A levels, but that was another two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's too long. Yeah. To get on it, get yeah. it, get started now. Fantastic. And it gives you time to get to know the university and stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And the systems. That's and... it. So when M Farm starts that day one, I'm not like, well, where's Joseph oh, Priestley? Yeah. Oh, it's down here. Come I down know what this I'm doing. way. I know where I'm going. And you know, you know all the tutors. Mm. It, yeah. Head start, I guess. Like, yeah, you've had that time to. Yeah. Get settled and then now you're going full steam ahead with the course and off you go. 
Yeah. Wow. Well done. Amazing. And others, obviously, your journey, very, very different, probably more the, the traditional route, I guess, particularly yeah. when you're thinking, talking to students when they're making their choices and if they're going straight into it. So from your perspective, what would be your biggest challenge so far, do you think? To be honest, I agree with Abby about adapting to uni. Mm-hmm. Like, uni's not easy. And I think a lot of people, they come into the lectures, they don't even focus. Like, we faced a lot of disruption at the start. Yeah, right, okay. So bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really bad. And then it affected the rest of us. But, like, my biggest advice would be, like, stay on top of your work and don't get distracted. Mm-hmm. Like, people around you are going to distract you 100%. Yeah. But for me, I found that, like, even sitting alone in lectures, I know it's a bit, like, a lot of us are going to be like, oh, yeah, that person doesn't have any friends or whatever. Like, I know people have probably said that about that's, me. That's <laughs> me <laughs> but I prefer to go into lectures and sit on my own if I know I'm going to focus. It's an investment, isn't it? You're, pay- yeah. you're paying to, you're investing in your education. I'm not paying 10 grand that. to sit with my friends at the back yeah. and talk. You can always tell when you're focused on something because you will just go and sit away from everyone. Yeah, or you'll exactly. come and sit with me and then I'm like, she wants to listen to her. She mm. wants to focus on this one. I always want to listen. Well, I do, yeah. She wants to focus like, on this one. Yeah, yeah like that. Just exactly. you can choose which one. <laughs> you want because some of them, some of the lectures, you have to really focus to fo- follow what's yeah. talking about, don't you? And if you're sat with at the back, you just can't hear anything. Right. Yeah. And it's like so compared great. to college as well, like with college and A levels, I feel like you have the support of like everyone around you, and people are checking in on you all the time. The attendance is taken and they're really big on that. Like if you don't turn up at a lesson, then they'll follow you up. Whereas with uni, no one's going to follow you up with anything. If you don't turn up, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll check attendance here and there, but it's not like if you miss a lecture, they're not going to ask you where you were. Like it's on you yeah. to turn up. It's a really good point, actually. Yeah, that's a really, really good point to highlight the fact that, you know, you, you think then, okay, so what? how do you manage that? Like setting your schedule and making sure that you're, you are up at a particular mm. time and I'll be honest I remember going to uni myself and that was a challenge or oh, for some reason all my lectures were, were 9 9am 9 every morning I was like how is this fair but it gave me a head start on the day then I was the, you yeah. know up and I had time then to catch up on studies and things but I think yeah just self-reliance you've not got somebody saying you must yeah. be doing this you must be doing that and for some people that will be a completely alien sort of experience like you say when they've had that support in college and obviously at school as well I mean I still struggle with it as well now Mm. like I have to sit in the library till 7 8 p.m to actually get work done and to be honest with you it'll take me about three four hours to just get into my work right I can't just sit and focus it's not easy for me to do Mm. that and I like to keep moving around like I'll sit somewhere for an hour and I'll be like yeah I can't focus anymore let's get up and move somewhere else I think it's just finding like the technique that works for you Mm. like I know personally if I go home I'm not going to do anything. Mm. I'm not going to get anywhere done. Which Too many is... distractions and things. Yeah, exactly. To and then it's like my head's somewhere else because like I do work, but like I'm self-employed. So it's me when, as soon as I go home, I'm like, okay, I switched to my business mind. Okay. Yeah. So for me, like stay in uni till like seven, eight, as much as I can just to get work done and sitting alone. That is such a big thing. Like I know yeah. people hate it, but honestly, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't do that. Wow, I was just going to say, sort of the next question would be, so what top tips would you sort of have for students navigating all these, you know, these challenges that you've just mentioned? But for you, I'm guessing you mentioned sitting alone yeah. in lectures so you're not Get distracted. rid of all distractions, all yeah. distractions that you have at uni, get rid of them. Like even friendship groups. I remember first year, like I, I'd always be with my friends, like when we had gaps in between lectures, but then they'd just go out to eat or they'd just sit and talk. And then I thought about it and I was like, okay, what am I doing? Like, I know I'm doing a lot more than any of these guys are because I'm taking on extra work. 
So I can't really be wasting time like they are. Like if you want to get somewhere in life, don't follow other people. I think it's about you making use of your time because that's one thing you're never going to get back. Yeah, you're all on your own path, aren't you? So at the end of the day, yeah. if you're focused and yeah, you're not... It's your own succession, you're isn't exactly. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think that's very... Um, what's the word? You've articulated that really, really well in terms of you know top tips because... I think, yeah, if you've not been in that environment or you're used to people nudging you, you must do this, you must do that. And it's easy to fall into, you know, you want to be socialising, you want to be doing all things. And for a lot of people, particularly if they're moving away from home, it's it's a very important thing, isn't it? Like, so you, you feel like yeah. you've got that support network. So I do fully understand that side of things. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you're then getting to a point where you've decided, look, I'm, I want to build out all these extra areas for me personally then I need to make that sacrifice, as it were, to get myself there. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, some days, like, I hate, like, being on my own and I'm Mm. like, I don't want to sit on my own, I want to be with people. Mm. But there's a difference between sitting with people that motivate you and push you to be better. Like, Abby, I always come and see you and sit and do work with you. And there's a difference between just meeting up with your friends, like, that don't do any work. Mm. I think it's also being mindful Mm. of the company that's around you at uni Mm. because a lot of people will slack and they will drag you down with them. So it's just making sure that the people around you are people that are going to push you and elevate you, not drag you back down. Mm, I think that's We do a lot of group work as well. And we've been fortunate this year, we got to pick our own groups. Oh, right. So straight away, me and you were like, we're going together because on our last Mm. group one, we got like 90%. Mm. So we're like, we work well together. And then it was like, who else can we have with us? And then it was like, we'll have another person. And then, right, they look like they'll do some work. We'll go with them because it is, you end up just like carrying them. Yeah, exactly. And that is difficult. And they can see that you're particularly strong, maybe in a certain area and, and uh, just lead to that. I think people wanted bit. to work with us, though, at first, yeah. because <laughs> they knew that we'd do the work. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I think it's um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because what you mentioned about co-working, having somebody that you either uh, aspire to be more like, so somebody who really motivates you to work, you want to you achieve like them, so I'm going to mm-hmm. associate myself with you it's really, really motivating, isn't it? Mm. And that co-working thing where it's like, right, okay, we're going to sit side by side. We're going to smash this out now. Let's just get our heads down. I think it's super powerful. I've seen it sort of in, in school environments right the way through. You know, if you've got mm. a student that's easy to distract, but you sit them with somebody who's slightly more studious, for example, mm. naturally they yeah, want to be exactly, like their yeah. partner. They yeah. want, the, the, you know, they're motivated more. So that's good to hear. And maybe. it's something that you can carry on in life, that, that mm. you always want to... Not associate or be around, but basically you want people around you that will wish the best for mm, you and they yeah, will yeah. push you to yeah. stand. And the fact that, you know, people can recognise that, that's a really important thing. So, I mean, that that, that principle can be from high school yeah, going yeah. up in life, yeah. you understand? Mm. And I like that about that. Mm, yeah. It's great. So, like, yeah. so happy for each other when we've passed or... Yeah. And I'm like getting through those first set of exams everyone was so happy for me like you know you've achieved so much and like my best friend on the course she was like I'm just so happy Aww. I'm so proud of you you know yeah. she's she's 18 yeah and she's proud yeah, of me yeah, and I'm yeah. like yeah okay she's seen that you're on a different journey yeah. and you've got different you've had to probably navigate very different circumstances to what she has but motivate each other in in different ways yeah. definitely mm. and that that I think we covered some really really top tips there about actual you know getting your head down and working is there any tips you might have, Abby, for somebody who's considering going back to uni and thinking, oh, I can't do it. Oh, you know, it's just it's just not going to be for me. Is there any? Yeah. Oh, I passed my time yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that comes up a lot. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And like the time management was like a big, a big issue for me. Like yeah. not committing myself to normal work now at uni mm, is yeah. my full-time job. Sure. And if you've got, you've got families, you've got responsibilities, you know, I have my own house and I'm thinking, how am I going to afford the bills? Mm. You can do it. Yeah. There is help out there. And this year I was lucky. I got a grant for my student fees, so I've not had to pay this year. And that was aimed at dispensers and technicians going on to be pharmacists. So I applied for that. Yeah, yeah. And I was lucky enough they picked me. I didn't know how much I was going to get. And then they said, right, prepared your entire fees. And I was like, what? I imagine the sensory lit. That's a, it was that's a chunk, really isn't good. It? That's yeah. well done. And yeah. my dad was just so relieved because it, it couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah. He ended up in hospital. So oh, I was wow. worried about him. Mm. And I'm like, I don't want to keep taking all his money. Yeah. But there is help out there. Yeah. And, you know, I was so looking for it. And But there is like hardship funds. And if you've not done a degree before, it's even better because you can get the law and you mm. can get the maintenance mm. grants. Mm. So. As long as you can budget pretty well, yeah. which budgeting is one of the big things for this unit. Yeah. Yeah. You should be okay, but anyone can do it. Oh. And in terms of finding information about finance and things, I guess this is a question for both of you, and it is something that hopefully we're going to cover in more detail as we go along, but where should students look from both perspectives? So as a mature student, how did you understand the dynamics of what help was available? And the same for, for you ones, like how did you access what you needed? Like... Was it an open conversation? Were you aware of what might be available to you? What was Did you get in touch with a uni to find yeah. out what, what? To be honest, I didn't know anything. No. It was just that, here's the bill. Right. I did obviously look, I applied for student finance. They said no because I'd already got the brief, so it was the same. Okay. That was the end of it. They didn't say, but you, but you can you try it here or anything things. like that. Yeah. It wasn't until being on the degree. I'd actually, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn and said, oh, congratulations, you're going from tech to doing the MFAT. He said, I did it. I said, but I'm worried about the finance. He said, this trust, this MOS trust that gives out grants and stuff. So I couldn't find anything about it. Mm. And then we did get an email from our head of year, Alison, who said, right, applications are open now. And I was like, oh, right, okay. So this is what it was, yeah. That's how I got it. But in terms of other things, it's not given to you, but it is on the websites when they say, signed up for the BPSA, the British Pharmacy Student Association. Mm -hmm. There's information on there. Mm the pharmacy support the, it's not just what when you become a pharmacist at the support there is their starting okay as soon as you're a student and i think that was the only literally the only advice i'd got right okay so you're quite so you're navigating yeah. yourself aren't you really you are, like yeah. as in but that's what your new life is navigating yeah. it yourself it's not handed to you on a plate mm. you have got to look it up yeah obviously it's a lot easier if you get a student loan it's just right yeah i've got a loan done yeah 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 but then even then even with a student loan the application you can blow the budget mm-hmm. like it, as soon as it drops at the start of term yeah like that's it because i remember like some of the students talking about it and it's just like they blow the loan within the first do you understand and then they've got yeah. all these yeah. jobs that are like working you know in the evenings afternoons you Time know whenever in. they're not in or whatever yeah. yeah just to make up for what they've actually spent it, so. is, it doesn't even cover accommodation it doesn't though, yeah. my friend was saying she always had to add an extra 200 pound in wow. every term for accommodation just to pay that wow and then it was like well what do you live on now yeah and if you've not got like financial support from your family yeah you do have to it's get a difficult job. isn't it yeah, yeah. So that's why I like to still work, yeah. even though I do have the support of my family. Yeah. You know, I like to be, try and be a bit independent. <laughs> and I guess that even builds into furthering your point about self-discipline and knowing, mm. look, if I do have to work or if I do have to do all these other things, I've got to get this in in this time because exactly. my time, you know, time management, I think you mentioned mm. it as well, I'd be like, 
being very very disciplined mm. with yourself because yeah. you yeah it is possible and you can do it and people can obviously it is doable but you've got to be quite clear in your mind where you're going to mm. set your time and where you're going to dedicate your your time to yeah and I think it's more seeing everything that you do you need to look at your goal and be like okay how's this going to help me reach yeah. my end goal like right now even when I'm studying everything that we do in the lectures or like even anyone that comes in to talk to us at uni like I'm just thinking okay how can I get this person to help me to reach my end goal yeah like it's networking networking is so important anyone that comes in literally any lecturer go and talk Mm. to them like this is what I've done with my lecturers is after I think it was the first lecture I remember at the end of the lecture I went up to them and I was like okay I'm really interested in this topic please can you give me some extra research to do or do you have any opportunities for me to come and work with you in the labs or something like that and then all of them were really helpful. Like all of them said, like, I'll either get you like a summer placement or you can come on and write a paper with me now. Wow. So right now I'm currently working with one of, my, one of my lecturers to like write a paper. And one of my other lecturers said she's going to find me like some lab work. Mm. And then like they connect you to other people as well. So it's uh, everyone helping each other. And that's such a, a big thing, isn't it? Your network. But I think yeah. for students who maybe don't have any experience of working in that particular field or are coming in from it from different avenues where they've got no peers that are doing the same thing. How would you say, you know, from a confidence level, that takes a lot of confidence, doesn't it, to be able to go to someone and go, hi, my name's Unz and I want to do X, Y, Z. It's fabulous, mm-hmm. like amazing. How, what what tips could you give to someone who was maybe a bit like, oh my gosh, they're just going to think I'm, yeah, the can't A bit more quiet gonna, and introverted. Yeah, like how, how, because, you know, they've sort of, thinking I'm going to make a fool of myself and I shouldn't do this but the outcome the benefit of doing it is colossal isn't it it makes such a difference but well to be honest I feel like uni's like my confidence has dropped since I've started has it honestly it really has because I remember at the start of like first year I had to give a like a speech in front of everyone to become a student rep and again that was one thing I wanted just so it looked good so like on my CV yeah, yeah it looked really good on there and I was fine with that and I didn't think anything of it but if you'd asked me to do that now I wouldn't do it why what's changed i don't know i just feel like everyone's very reserved at uni yeah like you'd actually expect people to be open and like i'm not gonna lie it's kind of a bit like college and high school in a way like everyone's got their own clicks yeah clicks are definitely there yeah Yeah. i think as well like now we're in second year it's so intense Mm. it's so intense and you're so focused like you don't want to say anything wrong Mm. exactly but they all sit there in silence in the lectures when he's asked they're asking a question and it's better to just say something oh, wrong gosh. just to say something. Yeah. I completely agree. So I think if you say something wrong and they're telling you it's wrong, you've got a vested interest in wanting to make sure that you understand, well, why is it wrong? <laughs> because and I need to know. so good at that. Yeah. Especially like coffee. They don't talk pharmacy. anymore. Like he'll ask a question and everyone's silent. But I feel like if he'd done that last year, a lot more people would have answered. Like yeah. I would have answered last year. Yeah. This year, I don't know. Like I'm just... Everyone's just I'm like, really Ooh. shy, and like so I'm not I, the only I'm not the only lecturer that experiences that. Then no, it's not just you. Because can. I, 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 I have seen that. Took it personally because <laughs> was no. Yes, the, the, like the student panel happened just now, so that's basically where students mm. provide their feedback and etc. Yeah. etc. Et and it was interesting because for mine it was like, oh, the lecturer asks questions to try and make it interactive, mm. and like involves the group. But it's the students themselves that don't get involved. So I was yeah. like, so the students are complaining about their yeah. own students, you know, like their own yeah. peers. So I'm like... Think, and I mean, I'm just trying to work out sort of you know, the, the, the time scales, but I saw something the other day that resonated. It was an advert on telly. It was about the Prince's Trust and it was hashtag class of COVID and it was set, you know, obviously yeah. highlighting the impact that COVID has had. 
And I think I've seen so many different things, you know, but understanding at what point that those particular cohorts were at that time and the impact that that had in, in what is naturally a time of developing skills, mm-hmm. socialising, getting out, being with your peers, mm-hmm. building work experience opportunities and things. And maybe not so, in, so much in your case, but making them a little bit more, in, you know, a little bit more insular. They haven't had as much face-to-face yeah. time. So in a big lecture hall for anyone, I guess, if you've spent a lot of your key learning online remotely, but now you are back in that face-to-face environment, putting your voice out there to work to a large lecture hall or whatever, I guess can be quite intimidating. I think I COVID did affect us quite a lot. Like yeah. for me, I actually got asked to repeat the year at A-level. Right, okay. Because I didn't go in. Like I remember it was lockdown was on and off. But at that point, my dad was in hospital. Wow. So I never went in because like well, obviously he was oh, gosh, yeah. he was in ICU and it was really serious and he had COVID as well and I couldn't focus on my studying no. so like you said you had to play catch up that was me in second yeah. year A levels mm. and I feel like that is why as well I chose to not do medicine like I knew I just couldn't get the grades if mm. I was gonna like mm. just go straight into it and that I, if I didn't want to repeat first mm. year and I didn't want to do that because like I don't like wasting time no. and I was like you know what if there's another option out there I'm going to go for it because I don't want to waste a year of my yeah. life like repeating it. For some people, it'll work and they'll want to do that. The best yeah, way. and that's fine. Yeah. But for me, I felt like I wasn't even that sure that I wanted to do medicine. So like, what's the point? I might as well just continue, see what grades I get and go from there. Yeah. But I think COVID had a massive impact as well on like, like me as a person and like my confidence. Yeah. I'd say I was a lot more confident before. That, that makes total, total sense. Do you think there's anything... Because obviously knowing the the class of COVID coming out through uni, you know, and having the, not lack of skills, but less so from that face-to-face sort of environment and confidence, losing that voice a little bit. Do you think there's anything that employers, universities could be doing more of to get young people ready for that sort of shock? I mean, Abby, you've obviously worked in that retail sort of store environment, so you've probably got a lot of those skills. But like for those that have missed out on work experience, have done a lot of remote learning to then be faced with, you know, a boss day day to day. How's it, you know, and having those conversations face to face. But is there anything that you'd suggest that educators and employers could be doing more of? I think like we respond better when we've got like smaller groups to have little tutorials with. Okay. They really do help. I mean, I did my entire degree before online, so I never went to a lecture. Mm, yeah. So for me, coming here and being in a lecture, it was like, oh, there's so many people yeah yeah and it is difficult that way and with it being some things online you don't do it on the right time and, mm. and you can leave things and i just think if they just did more smaller groups for you to interact with and that not be afraid if you've got the question wrong because mm. like mm. some of them if you say you've got the question wrong you're a bit like what they're gonna do yeah they're gonna yeah. think i'm stupid and then you might see that person who had confidence very quickly go, well, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I'm never going to, exactly. you know, put my hand up and risk that again. But I think the flip side of that is understanding or letting young people know that's okay. It's, yeah. t- it, to fail is go- it's actually good. And it's this whole, you know, rhetoric that we've been told, like failure is scary. And But if you keep trying, yeah. your confidence is going to grow because you're going to yeah. go, look, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. and get it wrong. And that happened to me the last year. So we have to do an OSCE, which is a practical exam yeah. at the end mm. of the year. And I failed it twice. And I was distraught. Did because that take a big, yeah, big hit? Because that was the subject I knew everything mm. for. That was my yeah. normal pharmacy life. Mm. And I'm like, why are you getting it wrong? Yeah. What are you doing? And then it was like, right, last chance now. And if you fail it, you fail the entire year. You've got to redo that mm. one again. 
And I was like, I can't do that. I can't reset. So again, I got more tutoring to get me through it. Yeah. But do you know what? And they were all like, I spoke to all my friends who, who are pharmacists and went, yeah, I failed my OSCE three times. Yeah. So it was like... I was like, oh. That, that openness okay. around, this is okay. It's like your driving test, isn't it? Oh, gosh, don't go there. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> like, so you know, totally. first time. It's fine. And I think I put more pressure on myself for that. Mm. And you really didn't need to do. Mm. I don't think we should see failure as a bad thing, to be yeah. honest. Like, if anything, like, I failed my mock OSCE. I did pass my real OSCE first time, but I genuinely thought I'd failed it. Mm. But I feel like because I'd failed my mock, like it gave me a bit of a push for my real OSCE. Mm. So I think failure, like we should see it as you're learning. Like, it is a Sometimes learning Sometimes it can curve. keep you on well, track. That's it. Yeah. Well. And, and especially with a yeah. practical exam, like what I learned where I was going wrong was, mm. that's fine because you're in practice, you don't want to make that mistake. Mm. So it's better to make the mistake now than when you qualify yes. and it affects yes. yeah. But I always say failure is two-sided. There's failure where you've put everything into it and you've mm. put your effort and you wholeheartedly know that you've done everything mm. and that's that, do you understand? Yeah. And then there's failure where you, you're just totally not prepared and you're winging it, yeah. do you understand? Mm-hmm. You and I think, you could have done better. yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that failure is one where, okay, you should feel it. Yeah. That you know, mm. I, I genuinely and admit it to yourself, really, that I genuinely didn't do anything, mm. and I probably yeah deserved to fail. Yeah. But when it's one of those, and that's a reflection. When you put everything into it, that's a reflection. So you know how you just said saying that you failed that Oski twice, and you're like, where am I going wrong? Mm. That's reflection yeah. for you mm-hmm. to, to kind of like is baffling me. This is yeah, and that's different. You understand? Because I see like both sides of it, you know, and. I've come across my students where I'm not kidding. They've come out of the exam and then the very next day is my exam, my paper. And they've come to me and they're like, Nas, how do you revise? Because we've not even started. And I'm like, well, if you've not even done anything Mm. for the last, forget about the whole year, even Mm. if it's not in the last four weeks, I can't really see how like best part of 12 hours is going to do you justice (laughs) on this. In the sun, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, it's it's like that they see a reflection on your ability. You know, <laughs> yeah. it seems just sheer exactly. so to prepare. There is like two folds to it. And then you genuinely see the ones that have absolutely knuckled down mm. and you see the progression in them, mm. you know, and just not hit it kind of thing. Yeah. But it is down to each individual and how much effort they do put in mm. kind of thing. You rise from it. Do you understand? Yeah, I think and it's good to realise always... that there's always a path out of that. Yeah. So where you've put everything in and you've given your all and you're almost on the verge of, yeah, I've given everything to this. The next step is, right, okay, analysis, like you said, going into the detail. What- really, that I genuinely didn't do anything mm. and I probably, yeah, deserved to fail. Yeah. But when it's one of those, and that's a reflection. When you've put everything into it, that's a reflection. So you know how you just said saying that, you feel that Oski twice and you're like, where am I going wrong? Mm. That's reflection yeah. for you mm-hmm. to kind of like, he's baffling me, this is. Yeah. And that's different, you understand? Okay, so I think we've managed to cover quite a lot there. I'm so grateful for your guys' time, taking us through your key challenges, top tips for helping students navigate similar situations. And yeah, I think it's just a great opportunity to have a good open conversation. So thank you so much, Abby and Uns. We really, really appreciate it. Good luck. You're welcome. Good luck with everything. Yeah, it's it's, uh, you sound like you're absolutely smashing it. So thank you. Thank you.